This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, Marlins Nation. Heartbreaking loss for the Marlins last night, up one to nothing in the ninth inning. Sandy Alcantara pitched a gem. As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, through eight games in this season series between the Marlins and the Phillies, both ball clubs have now won four apiece. The Phillies, however, deliver a crushing blow to the Marlins in game two of this crucial four-game summer series here tonight. Sandy Alcantara went eight shutout innings. The Marlins had a one nothing lead, but the newcomer, David Robertson, Allowed three runs on two hits, which included the decisive two-run blow from Nick Castellanos in the top of the ninth inning. This is the 10th inning show. A wild, emotional, roller coaster type day here in Miami. Ends in a Marlins loss. They are now 57-51 and 51 this season, while the Phillies improved to 58-49. Nine games over, 500. And they now have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Miami Marlins for that third and final spot in the National League wildcard picture. Boy, crazy day that began about 25 minutes before the first pitch. The Marlins removing and trading their number three and number eight hitters in the lineup tonight. That was Garrett Cooper and Gene Segura. Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds have been traded to San Diego for left-handed starting pitcher Ryan Weathers. Gene Segura and Khalil Watson, Marlins prospect, traded to Cleveland for Josh Bell. Jake Eater was traded to Chicago for Jake Berger. I would certainly expect Bell and Berger to be here in Miami tomorrow for game three of this series. Highlights from this ball game tonight. Ranger Suarez versus Sandy Alcantara. This was a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. And the Marlins had plenty of opportunities tonight. They were two for 13 with runners in scoring position. They left 11 men on base. Sandy Alcantara worked around a couple of singles in the first inning. Ranger Suarez worked around a couple of singles. Matter of fact, he worked around three and left the bases loaded in the bottom of the first. That was the first real threat for the Marlins tonight. They could not capitalize. Alcantara would start to settle in. He was perfect in the second. Marlins went quietly, and they grounded into an inning-ending double play in the bottom of the second inning here tonight. Top of the third, Alcantara worked around a two-out walk. And we were scoreless going to the bottom of the third inning tonight. Luis arrives another multi-hit performance tonight. He led off the bottom of the third inning with a single. After a flyout to center field by Soler and a single by Brian De La Cruz, Avi Garcia came to the plate with two men on base with one out, trying to give the Marlins the lead in the bottom of the third. 1-1 pitch. Garcia swings and he hits it. Fair down the first baseline! Into the corner! One run's going to score. De La Cruz is going to be held up at third. Avi Garcia's got a run-scoring double here in the bottom of the third inning. And the Marlins have an early lead. It's one to nothing. That one nothing lead would carry the Marlins all the way to the top of the ninth inning tonight. Sandy Alcantara worked around a leadoff single, got a double play in the fourth. 
He punched out a pair, worked around a two-out double in the fifth, was perfect in the sixth. He was perfect in the seventh. In the bottom of the seventh inning in this ball game tonight, Jacob Stallings walked facing junior Marte. Luisa Rise roped a double down the right field line. Griffin Benedict tried to send Stallings all the way from first to home. There was a play at the plate. Stallings did not slide. He stutter-stepped going around third. He was tagged out at the plate. The putout went 9-4-2 with a rise at third base with nobody out. Or with one out, I beg your pardon, in the bottom of the seventh inning. Jorge Soler walked facing Marte. So too did Brian De La Cruz. The Marlins had the bases loaded with one out in the bottom of the seventh inning. Avi Garcia, first pitch swinging, popped the ball up. Infield fly rule in effect. The Trey Turner at shortstop. Jesus Sanchez then whistled the ball to Brandon Marsh, who made a great play on him to rob Sanchez of extra bases to end any further threat in the bottom of the seventh inning. Sandy Alcantara worked a perfect eighth. It was one to nothing going to the top of the ninth inning in this ballgame tonight. David Robertson was traded by the Cubs at last season's deadline to Philadelphia, where he would go on to clinch the National League pennant and pitch in the World Series for the Philadelphia Phillies. This time around, he goes from New York to Miami. Robertson facing his former ball club here tonight. He was facing the leadoff man, Kyle Schwarber, the top of the order due up for the Phillies here in the ninth inning. He walked him, and it would ultimately come back to hurt him. After the walk to Schwarber, he struck out Alec Bohm on a 3-2 breaking ball low and away. There was one out in the top of the ninth inning, and Bryce Harper in a two-strike hole was at the plate. Count is 1-1 one and one on Harper. Cave is at first. He's not tried to steal. And the pitch is swung on and hit in the air left field. De La Cruz going back, still going back. At the wall, he leaps. He can't get it. It's rolling back into left field. Cave is rounding third. He's going to score. Bryce Harper has tied it for the Phillies here in the top of the ninth inning. And now he's in scoring position with one out. David Robertson has blown the save. We're tied at one. And that 1-1 game would not last long again in a two-strike hole. Nick Castellanos, the only current Philly that has homered against David Robertson. He's shuffling off the bag at second, thinking about taking off towards third. He does not. The pitch is swung on and it's hammered. Deep left field. Goodbye. Nick Castellanos has given the Philadelphia Phillies a 3-1 lead here in the top of the ninth inning. Alcantara went the first eight, and Robertson cannot finish it off here with the ninth. It's 3-1 Philadelphia. It was 3-0 going, or 3-1, uh, I beg your pardon. Going to the bottom of the ninth inning tonight. Marlins just could not win it for Sandy Alcantara, who's looking to win back-to-back -back games for the first time this season. Sir Anthony Dominguez was 0-5 for in save opportunities this season for Philadelphia. Trying to close the game out tonight for Philadelphia because Craig Kimbrell had to work hard and collect his 18th save of the season last night. First man that Sir Anthony Dominguez faced was Luis Arise. He went two for five tonight. He flew out to left field for out number one in the bottom of the ninth. Jorge Soler then popped out to the shortstop Trey Turner. And the last sign of hope for the Marlins tonight, batting third, playing left field this evening, was Brian De La Cruz. Marlins are down to their final strike. Phillies are leading three to one. They beat them four to two last night. The 1-2 pitch is swung on and missed. The ball game is over. The Phillies have taken games one and two in this crucial late summer four-game series here in Miami. Philadelphia wins it 3-1. Back with the totals after this.
Tough loss for the Marlins here tonight. Philadelphia wins it 3-1. to one. Taking a look at the totals from this ball game for the Phillies. Three runs, six hits, no errors, and three men left on base. For the Marlins, a run, 11 hits, no errors, 11 men left on base. Again, the Marlins tonight, when it's all said and done, were 2-for-13 with runners in scoring position. Played this ball game in two hours and 22 minutes in front of 9,600 here at Lone Depot Park. Gregory Soto is your winning pitcher. He's 3-4. and four. David Robertson, the loser, he's 4-3. and three. Sir Anthony Dominguez with his first save of the season for Philadelphia, his 26th career major league save. With the victory, the Phillies are 58 and 49. The Marlins are now 57 and 51. Philadelphia has a game and a half lead in the National League wildcard standings over the Marlins for that third and final wildcard spot in the current playoff picture. For the Marlins tonight, six strikeouts, and that means that $150 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thanks. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 3-1 to loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Skip, you get the hits tonight. You get the traffic on base. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, you get the hits, you get the traffic on base, but how challenging does it make it to win a ball game when that only leads to one run? Yeah, I don't know the exact numbers. It's one for 13 or two for 13, runners in scoring position. Um, felt like we had traffic all day, just couldn't get that big hit, um, you know, to get multiple runs or a crooked number up. You're always playing with fire when you have a one-run lead in the ninth. Um, and, you know, anything can happen, you know, when you have a one-run lead, a leadoff walk or a miscue, whatever it can be. It, it's, t- it's definitely easier to pitch in the ninth, um, you know, up a couple more. Um, but having said that, Sandy was outstanding. Um, I thought his usage was really good. Top of the zone with the four seam, two seamer when he needed, weak contact. Slider was great. Changeup was great. Just the ar- the whole arsenal was was really good um, and kept him off balance because I mean, obviously it's a good team that he faced a lot and um, they've at times had success against him. And for him to do that tonight, eight innings um, was was fantastic and uh, tough not to get him a win. Was it always the plan to go to Robertson in, in the ninth or was there con- some consideration to leave? Uh, once, he had, once he had over 100 pitches, yeah. that, that was kind of it. Um, if he started that inning maybe under 100 pitches, there'd be more consideration, but man, he did enough. I mean, eight innings, five, what, four hits, five hits, four hits, five strikeouts. No, he did plenty. Um, we just couldn't push another couple runs across and, uh, you know, make it a little bit easier in the ninth. And, you know, they put together a couple good at-bats and, uh, you know, won the game. I have a question just because you mentioned with the pitches, but as a former player, do you, do you now as a manager, do you take in consideration, like, the psychological aspect for, like, the Phillies where they're probably great, like, we don't have to see him anymore in the ninth? Maybe. I mean, but you have a closer. I mean, we just got a closer to, for those innings. Uh, we still trust him. He's been he's been great all year, um, especially against lefties. And um, so, you know, we liked that lane, that matchup, even though it was, you know, really good pitcher or hitters, obviously. Um, but, yeah, after you get over 100 pitches, then, you know, you're not going to go to, you know, 120s and, you know, that type of thing. Um, you have a fresh Robertson back there and, that was definitely the the right play. Um, just didn't work out today. Uh, with a couple of things with the off, uh, Stallings going first home on the Arise hit. Think he should have stayed third, or do something different as he got home, got closer to home. I think once it's stuck a little bit on the fence or the bottom of the wall, um, you see him going and and Griff sending him. It, I 
I'll have to look at the video again, but it, to me it looked like there's a little hesitation maybe right before he hit third. And uh, as you're wheeling him and going, and I think he picked him up maybe a little bit too late, um, the hesitation maybe cost the, you know, the safe and out. I'll have to look at it again. Um, always a tough set, you know, it, tough when you make the out at home, first out at home. And I know Griff's beating himself up probably. Um, probably Stahl's beating himself up too because of, you know, maybe the hesitation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're – they're, they're human, you know, it's going to, that's, uh, but I think you run it, you run until you get held up and, uh, um, but I'll have to, I'll have to look at it again, but it, I'm most likely that's probably what happened. Would you like to see him get down on that and play at the plate? Um, s- sometimes, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you running full speed through there also is, is, uh, the play, um, remember the Jeter play you know that's probably the most iconic one but uh, sometimes it depends on where the catcher is if you want to sprint through or slide or one one hand sometimes diving head first that type of thing um, sometimes sliding will slow you down or if you're going through so um, there's different ways to, to go about it um, I, I didn't think it was a bad play by him running through it if you're asking him whether it was holding them accountable making sure they get their work in um, all you know, showing them what winning looks like. Um, it, nobody felt worse than Segura, you know, going through that you know slump um, that he was going through, and um, he felt really bad, and um, and even said it on our uh, goodbye, so to speak. Um, but uh, he he asked, to, and I told him this to realize how much he meant for me um, as a leader in that clubhouse and keeping everybody um, in you know good spirits and always upbeat and positive. Um, so, you know, I don't want to diminish what that meant to me. And Cooper, obviously, spending five or six years here, I think it was six, um, and in middle of the order bat, all-star, um, had a really good career here as a Marlin and um, was also really good for us and for me. And so I, um, so tough to see, you know, those guys go. However, when you add on um, Josh Bell, switch hitter, power hitter, um, Jake Berger, who hits – the ball is hard as anybody in the major leagues. Um, when you add some power and slug component um, to your lineup, you know you get really excited about you know what that lineup could look like. Uh, I had Ryan Weathers in San Diego. Um, we'll have to walk through exactly what his role, what that looks like. I had, literally it went down at like six fifteen, so we were scrambling putting lineups together. I haven't talked to anybody or any front office didn't come down or um, it was just hurry up. These are the moves. Put the lineup in. You know hurry. And so we had to tell people they were playing and not playing and traded. Um, so I haven't gotten to any roles or anything for, for guys. Sorry, Christina. Uh, last one for me about the game. Just uh, when Stallings got on in the seventh, did you think about pinch running for him? But Or was it more the way Sandy was throwing and knowing he was probably going to come back out for the eighth? You wanted yeah, to so Sandy. Jazz is down. Mm-hmm. Hampson's going to play center field. Mm-hmm. we got Fortes left. Um, you're really limited on your bench. Yeah. So that's uh, you. Ha- you only have a few options there, and with Sandy still going, um, you got to make sure that you're covered. Um, so, with a couple of the guys down, it was you know very limited on what your move was going to be. We know we know we had to play defense in the ninth um, and lock it up if you know had the chance, and so that was kind of what went on with that. Yeah. Going back to Sandy uh, after the eight, did he maybe told you how he felt at the moment, and if he wanted to bolt for the ninth, or was just. Uh, he was good. Gave me a handshake. Gave me a hug. Said appreciate it. Um, you know he was pro. I mean he was. Um, he'll probably tell you he could go three more innings. You know that's who he is. But 
um, he did he did his job. It wasn't it wasn't a fight because he knows he did his job. It, it was really really good today. I think when we talked to Kim during the game, you know, all the hits. We kind of mentioned only the one run. The addition of Berger and Bell, you're hoping like maybe these instances, these games don't happen as much. Maybe that those plays maybe become RBIs or home runs. Yeah, you, of course you hope so. You also, I mean. A hot birdie was up a couple times too. So I mean, I got I got confidence in all these guys when they come up. Um, yeah, does a home run change the score in a hurry? Of course. Um, but I I I got con- if we didn't make the trades, I have confidence. I just I, I have a problem with belief, and I really believe in all these guys that we have, and um, and you know even the guys coming that we have um, uh, from the trades. But I got I had no problem with those guys, you know, at the plate. John got the single. You guys went to check on him. Uh, Birdie, uh, he okay? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. No issues. Let me say another Cabrera being option. Just how tough a decision was that? And what what was the message to him? And yeah, the message is throw strikes. Um, at this level, where we're at right now, is to pound and attack the zone. Obviously, a busy, busy day for the Miami Marlins. They acquired Josh Bell, Ryan Weathers and Jake Berger. Let's hear Marlins general manager Kim Ng and get her reaction on all the moves. Today, obviously, uh, the attraction of the offense mainly. And just your thoughts on how this day went for you. Yeah, what day is it? <laughs> uh, I've got a staff who's working on like zero hours of sleep. Um, it's been a pretty busy week for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we started out this morning talking about what our goals were. Um, number one was to really try and help the offense. Um, so we think we, we did that, you know, in acquiring, um, you know, Mr. Bell, you know, switch hitter that I think we know from the National League East, um, you know, in his years uh, in our division. Um, switch hitter, lots of power, you know, I think he's going to lengthen out the lineup quite a bit. Um, and then Jake Berger, who we got from the White Sox, um, right-handed power bat. Um, who who we saw uh, last month and and um, is a really good young player that um, you know we're anxious to see here in the, in this lineup. But it was really really about lengthening out the lineup and and trying to give our you know, starters a little bit more support, um, you know, as well as getting that traffic in that we've seen on the bases. Mm-hmm. The team sort of the way they're playing. You felt you wanted to give them that that boost the organization absolutely i mean there there aren't that many times when you're in this type of situation um you know mr sherman and and the entire ownership group um completely supportive of of us really going out there and spending some money and making sure that you know we support um you know these guys who for the first four months of the season have absolutely just played their hearts out uh, to make all moves obviously a lot of Lot had to give, obviously, the give and take. Uh, either Watson, Sean Reynolds on the prospect side, on top of Gene and Gary, just the give and take that you had to do to make the moves you guys made. Yeah, you know, um, um, sometimes these conversations, um, you know, they they just they last a long time. Um, you know, over the course of the the last week or so, and and you know, it takes a while for these deals to come together. Um, and you sit there and you haggle and you haggle and and. Um, you know, it really depends on what comes across your plate. But at the end of the day, um, you know, these were some big prospects from our system. But again, uh, you know, when you're in this type of situation, you just have to make sure that, um, you know, you, you, you treat that with care and that you understand, um, you know, how big a deal this is for the city and for the for the Marlins fans and, and, and for all those guys downstairs. And you have to you have to do what you can to, to improve the club. 
do one of the things you mentioned was for now and for the future so do you think you didn't do too much to mortgage the future no don't think so so you know jake berger is very early in his major league career um, so we've got him for another five or six years um, you know josh bell we've got for this year as well as for next uh, and you know so we just felt like you know these were these were good moves do you see berger at third base or he could play for some first but what, what are you looking at yeah, I think, you know, I think, listen, I think that's up to Skip, um, but, you know, he has played more third base than first base, but, you know, we really like the versatility, um, you know, that he can go across the diamond if he needs to, if we need him to. Mm-hmm. With Jake, you mentioned before, plate discipline is one of the things. He, a lot of strikeouts, the low average. Is it, did you see improvements where, you know, maybe over the last few years with him that that's not too much of a concern, or is the power was so enticing that that's what the... Yeah, you know, with 25 home runs two-thirds of the way into the season, um, again, with, you know, as many base runners as we get on, um, we thought this was an opportunity for um, you know, for him to get some RBI. Um, you know, in terms of the profile, you always have an ideal that you're shooting for, but you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily going to get that um, profile in every single hitter, um, you know, in, in, in Josh Bell. Um, we do have a guy that has very good plate discipline, knows the strike zone very well, and we just thought that the mix of these two with with our hitting staff, you know, and um, is going to be you know is going to be great. Um, you know, we've made a concerted effort uh, in terms of cutting down the strikes strikeouts. Um, last year we were in the bottom twenties. I don't know what we were, twenty sixth maybe, and now we're in the top ten for sure, maybe the top five. So. Um, you know, we're excited to get these guys with our staff. With Weathers, uh, his role, and then just the rotation overall, obviously, career got option, just where you see him fitting in and just the plan with, as you see with the rotation? Yeah, you know, at this point, we've got to talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, like I said, the focus was really on the bats. Um, this was a way to add to our depth, um, you know, in terms of how it's going to work out and, you know, who's going to pitch when and, and where, um, yet to be determined. How tough of a decision was that to, I guess, option? Career obviously has been struggling, but very much, I would assume, part of the team moving forward, just in the struggles, I guess. Yeah, tough decision. Tough. Oh, no. no. Okay. Uh, He said he was safe. We're going to go replay. (laughs) (laughs) Trust Austin. Austin. (laughs) That's a Lamke special. (laughs) We go to replay, he's in. Especially with his twin, Jake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're going the right. Yeah, Sorry, Ken. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> on um, on Edward, you know, look, I, I think, um, you know, difficult decision, um, you know, but this will give him some time to, wor- to work some things out. What was communication like with uh, Bruce Shermie riding a little bit over $9 million for next season with the trade of Robertson? So what was communication like with him? Communication was great. Um, Communication was great. Um, Bruce and I have um, been on the phone quite a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, I'm not sure you'll 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 meet a bigger fan of the Marlins than than Bruce. Um, And he has been. I just can't even tell you how excited he's been at how well the team has performed, and really, really just been completely supportive in us trying to improve the club. Um, and help these guys downstairs. How much of a priority was to address the catching position? And it seems like it was a pretty slow market in that position in general. 
Yeah, you know, catching is hard. Um, you know, I think you know in the two in the two catchers that we have, um, both work very well with our pitchers, um, and it, you're always trying to strike that delicate balance uh, because it really is about a lot of it is about their relationship and and. Um, so, you know, we considered it, but in the end, you know, felt that there were higher priorities. Kim, coming into the start of the season, all the focus was really on starting pitching, which is understandable with the guys in the rotation. But, you know, the way the bullpen has performed, the additions that you made at the deadline, Luis Arise and Soler being all-stars, now the additions you've made at the deadline offensively. Do you feel like you look at this team and feel good starting pitching, bullpen, and offense? Um, I, I do. I mean, I, I feel like we've been able to balance it out a bit more um, without really giving up a ton. Well, let's see what this replay looks like. Okay. Um, uh, uh, so, so I think, you know, you know the, the moves the last few days, we've really been able to balance out the club. Um, you know, the, listen, the, and I've said this many times, um, this club is built on our starting pitching. Um, you know, but every, every once in a while they need a little help too. And whether, you know, that's support from the bullpen and locking down games that you're supposed to win or scoring more runs and giving them a little bit more breathing room, um, you know, we just try and, and try and help them out. Did that's the latest deal go down on the wire? Uh, the, the, well, they both did. But, right? You'll never but, know <laughs> how close it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The belt, we're talking more of the belt, the bell and weathers deals going down to the uh, yeah. wire? Yeah, it went down to the absolute wire. Six seconds? Six seconds. <laughs> to piggyback off Jess's question, with the, way, with the additions that you made, do you feel that this team can not only contend to be in the playoff one, but be a team that can make a run with what you made? Where do you feel the team is at as you gauge compared to what you've seen in the league? You know, I think this team was contending without the additions. Um, I think with the additions, it only makes us stronger, um, obviously. Uh, you know, and, and these guys are fighters. They're, they're resilient. They're fighters. We've seen so many come, come from behind victories, um, see them locking down the wins that they should. Um, you know, we're, I think this is going to go right down to the wire, you know, and there are a lot of clubs involved, uh, but these guys compete their butts off every single day. Um, they've been awesome and listen anything can happen in the playoffs you know these guys that we're playing right now I mean we saw them um, make that make some kind of run last year uh, and end up in the World Series so hope to get there. Kim did, did you see something different this trade deadline because a lot of teams like they are really competitive they are competing like till this moment so that makes a little bit harder, like get something to trade, or the prices maybe they're a bit, like a little bit high. Um, you know, I, I would say this market ebbed and flowed, um, and it, you know, you know the, you know, kudos to our staff. You know, we were all working the phones really hard up until the very last second. Um, you know, but. It seemed like the the market, you know, prices were were very expensive in the beginning, and then dropped a little bit, and then got pricier again. And so it really, I mean, I I think, you know, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit, you know, just having conviction in what you're trying to do, and and knowing where your stopping points are, um, are really important in this process. And um, you know, we we're just very fortunate to be able to accomplish our our goals. Kim, okay, a lot of talk about starting pitching. 
Um, what, what is the plan for Yuri Perez now? Um, make a couple starts in Double A. Um, what's the plan for him? Maybe from there to a potential call up back to the majors. Yeah, you know Yuri is down there working hard, um, and you know we're going to have to see, you know, with the pitching and and how that really turns out up here and where guys are. But we're monitoring it. Sandy Alcantara went eight innings, gave up just four hits, no runs, five punch outs, was sensational. Let's hear what Sandy had to say after his outing. Sandy, tonight, you know, you induced a couple double plays, a lot of ground ball outs. Did you feel like this was a start where you really pitched to your identity and your strengths? Uh, first of all, I want to say thanks, God, for keeping me healthy during the game. You know, it feel nice when, you know, I get on Sandy four back, you know, so, and I think... Uh, Everything I was doing tonight, so everything was came out great, you know, and I feel good about it. The Phillies in the past had been a tough matchup. What made the biggest difference tonight? You know, fair pick for strike. You know, attack then with my best pitch, my best stuff, you know, and just try to to not let them to to do a lot of damage to me, you know, and try to be better than them. Did you want the ninth inning? Always. <laughs> always. You know, I think uh we're going to feel better if I throw a nine inning, you know, but I mean, it's part of the game. Two straight really good starts, like Vince and Sandy. Do you feel like you're back? You're, you're back to Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. You know, you just got to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, keep my mind positive, you know, and keep getting better every day. What's the difference these last two starts compared to maybe the rest of the season? Or maybe there isn't. I think uh, the backlog is just going away, you know, I think, uh, I've been positive all year, you know, I mean, doesn't matter, good day, bad day, you know, I just keep believing myself, you know, because I know what I got, I know what I can do over there, you know, and just keep working to get better every day. Thoughts on the team adding bats to help, you know, buyers for the first time since you've been here just to see the team going for it? You know, so um, I can't say much about it, you know, because today we get Couple guy, you know. So I think uh, Bell, something like that, right? Josh Bell. And uh, all the guy from, from White Sox. So I don't know. I, I know Bell since 2017. You know, I think uh, he gonna be good in here. So he just gotta came out here, keep doing what he doing, you know. And the other guy from White Sox, you know, just came here, tried to be like a family together in here, you know, and tried to compete together and win some games. And how exciting is it for you to see the team in the position to be buyers and to be able to? Do what they need to do that add to be able to make a push for the playoffs, especially with how it's been your, your time here. So I've been here since 2018. You know, I mean, I know everything. What the Mike Marlins came through, you know, losing a lot of game, you know. So, and this year we we're doing great. You know, I think there's a lot of people su- surprised about us. You know, but I mean, we've been waiting to win some games. You know, and this year we do it. So I think we gotta just keep doing what we're doing. You know, keep fighting against any team and win games. All right, we're right back at it. It's going to be a 640 first pitch, which means I've got Marlins on deck at 610. As always, we hope you can join us. Thanks for rewinding with us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.